What is up, members of the Izone? Welcome back to another episode of Impact Izone, episode six of the seventh season of this podcast. As always, it's me, Julian Mitchell, joined by Trent Bally and Natalie Kerwin. The beat for men's basketball here at Michigan State and Impact 89 FM WDBM. Uh, how you both doing? Fantastic. I'm not a Drake guy, but this is episode six. Welcome to the six. Six, six. It's going to be a good time. That was good right there, what you, you just did. Yeah. It's awesome. Like how are you doing, Natalie? I'm good. Good. I'm good. How are you guys? It's kind of funny because we got to act like we weren't just talking for 50 minutes doing no. absolutely nothing related to this podcast. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. I came in today feeling overwhelmed because I have a busy week, but okay. talking with you guys definitely lightens the mood. It's a little bit of a release. It wow. is. I'm gonna. I'm. Can I? Can I tease what we're gonna do? Can I tease our little video idea? Tease yeah. it for tease our it. trip. So the three of us, presumably, assuming that Michigan State makes a run in the tournament. I mean, they'll be in the Big Ten tournament regardless. Either way, myself, Natalie, and Julian are definitely going to make a little, um, possibly, possibly a carpool karaoke video. Will involving be, be great. involving little a little Prince action, Whitney Houston, the Beatles. Queen. Natalie loves Post Malone. Post Malone. Yes, Queen. Queen. Aerosmith. Aerosmith. Yep. Aerosmith. It's gonna be a lot of fun. A wide variety. It's so gonna be great. Stay on the lookout for that. <laughs> Have a lot of chances. Michigan coming up. We'll be in Ann Arbor. Yes. Big Ten tournament will be great. That's a couple days in Indy. Can have a lot of fun in Indy. Keep an eye on me. I got just you. gonna say. I got you. An eye on you. Keep an eye, for you. Keep an eye oh, on boy. your boy. I'm just kidding. I'm all talk. But I have teased. The tease is over. I with you. Too. Be on the lookout for this video. Well. It's gonna be fun. Gonna I'm be excited. Oh, it'll be a great time. Yeah. Big Ten tournament, and then like you said, hopefully we make a Michigan State makes a good run in the tournament this year, Atlanta, and we'll Final be Final Four. We'll be traveling all over. Hopefully, at this point, I just crossed. I just want a free trip. Yep, I do too. I just want a free <laughs> like, trip. Thank you, Impact. We're blessing us with the uh, you know these yes, these positions. You. You're gonna send us anywhere that Michigan State goes. So yeah, I'd cover know. another team if we could just you know just send me to just Atlanta. go just just send, send me, to, me to the ATL. Yeah, why not? Just send me there. Baylor, I'll cover Baylor. Yeah, we'll get some content. Right. Sure, I'll cover you know Gonzaga. I was gonna say I'll whoever. cover Duke. I won't cover Duke. Never mind. I'm not covering Duke. <laughs> but if we don't get a free trip to the A, I'll just I'll just text my guy Big Boy. Maybe he'll get us down there. Who? Big Boy. Is that? One half of the Mighty Outcast. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm I'm just taking it's it right. off well, the rails right uh, now. Carpool karaoke. She's gonna Natalie learn who Outcast. Learn you know who Big Outcast? Boy is. Outcast. Oh well, yes, I know Outcast. Yeah, he's that's like a duo. Big Boy is one of them. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know the specific yeah. name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Not many people do. Sorry, I'm not uncultured, guys. No, it's okay. It's okay. I know we, we know you're not. We know you're good. <laughs> we trust you. If you weren't. We'd probably have somebody in instead of you. I understand. That's why you're here. Yeah, there's a reason I was let in on the beat team this year. Exactly. It was a big recruiting process. Yeah. It was. I'm blessed. You are. Blessed to be sitting alongside you too. You are irreplaceable. Guys, Um, thank you. Beyonce song. (laughs) So the Beyonce song, don't you think? Yeah. I would kill that to karaoke. You must not know about me. Well, we're going to have to do it then. There it is. Because Natalie is continuing the tease by singing on the (laughs) podcast. They're not supposed to hear our voices, Natalie. It's going to be a big yeah. reveal. That wasn't that wasn't my best note. Well, that's okay. So I'll I got save a high, it for the I got a high singing voice. It's going to be fun. 
I do. Oh, it's gonna be. Well, good. I got a little. Just we saying. got a little preview of that just a few minutes ago. Oh. <laughs> That's for your ears and your ears yeah. only. They don't know yet. They will. Okay, they I won't they spoil will the know. surprise. Soon and very soon. Soon. But a lot of good stuff uh, coming up. But before we get there, have a couple of games to go through, some Big Ten updates to talk, and then some other games on the horizon uh, before we even start thinking about trips to Ann Arbor or trips um, even further in the postseason. Sticking with our open, uh, we do want to take a moment because this is a, a basketball podcast, it's college basketball, um, but we want to take a moment and give our thoughts and prayers and reflect on um, the, the news that came out was um, Sunday, yes, yeah, Sunday, of um, Kobe Bryant passing in a helicopter crash, him and nine others, I think it was nine others in total, um, passed away, and so we, we want to, I want to first say, you know, rest in peace to Kobe, um, 41 years old, and his 13-year-old daughter, Gianna, both passing in that crash, along with John Carey and Alyssa Altobelli, another few members there, uh, Sarah and Peyton Chester, along with Christina Mauser, um, and then Ara Zobian, all of them passing in the helicopter crash that took place on Sunday. Um, and as I said, it's a college basketball podcast, but this is a man who had his fingertips and, and pretty much laid the ground for a lot of the players that have come through college basketball and even the NBA as well, and then also the future players that will come on um, after at this point. And so, uh, you know, wishing well to his family, the Bryant family, Vanessa, and the three other daughters. Um that Kobe was able to have, and uh, I want to throw it to you guys first, and, and just you know, if you all have any thoughts or things you'd like to say on this, but I, I thought it would be a good moment to just start off the show and um, make sure we talk about it because it's it's something that that happened and it seriously affects um, basketball and a lot of people's lives. Yeah, so as a big Pistons fan myself and a big LeBron James fan, I was never a Kobe Bryant guy. In fact, I didn't like Kobe. I didn't really like him at all. You know, I knew he was a good guy, but, you know, as a basketball player, he kind of got under my skin. He didn't pass the ball, whatever. What, what say you? But the bottom line is if you love basketball and you love the NBA, this is a huge loss. There are not many losses that are bigger than this one, you know, because what he's done for the game, you can't tell a story of basketball without talking about Kobe Bryant in depth. So it hurt. It hurt a lot of people. My knee-jerk reaction was just, Kobe can't die. He just seems like one of those guys who's yeah. above death, as crazy as that sounds. It's like Kobe Bryant, and, and think about this. He was 41 years old. When he retired at, I believe, 38, he had played basketball in the NBA professionally longer than he hadn't. I, he just His career stretches beyond imagination for like what you even thought was possible for a 17 year old to come into the NBA and just what he did and what he was able to do and transcend things and change the way, you know, inspire a whole generation of young kids um, and adults even. And then obviously his second act in his career, you know, earning an Oscar, moving on to becoming this amazing father, you know, so it's just like, it's heartbreaking. Your heart breaks for his family and everyone involved. But, you know, as a basketball fan, no, there will never be another Kobe Bryant. It just won't be. You summed it all up perfectly. I mean, it, it doesn't even seem real. And I think that's, in simple terms, that's what I think everyone feels. It it how did Kobe, How could Kobe Bryant not be here anymore? I mean, when I got the notification, I remember exactly where I was. I was getting gas. I was sitting in my car. And I just see a notification pop up. Kobe Bryant reportedly passes away. And I thought, how is this even real? This guy is an absolute legend in and out of the basketball community, a great guy, great player. It, it just it just breaks my heart for his family and the way it happened and just everything about it. Kobe, along with the other passengers as well, and the fact that his young 13-year-old daughter, that just, 
it breaks my heart. She was going to be such a great big basketball player one day as more news and stuff has came out. I've seen how much Kobe and Gianna bonded through basketball and he took her to WNBA games and he always said during interviews that she was going to be this big basketball star, maybe even bigger than he was. You know, he said she was the athlete in the family and it just breaks my heart for what happened. And just my prayers and thoughts have been with Vanessa, his wife and the rest of his children, the rest of the families the past few days, because it's really affected me. Like I feel like on yeah. a personal level, even though none of us ever knew him, but uh, on that personal level, but we just, I think everyone kind of feels this sadness the past few days. That's the way I'd put it. It's heartbreaking. And Trent, you hit on it because, I mean, I think about, you know, what Kobe meant for me, and he was never, you know, I've seen a lot of people say idol, hero, and for me, you know, he wasn't my favorite player. I didn't have his jersey, but right. for what he meant to me in sports, I mean, and it's it's a weird way of saying it now, but he was the, the first, it was the first debate I had ever had in sports with like my dad and friends of going, you know, the whole debate of Kobe LeBron and Kobe Jordan, the whole rings talk, and just, you know, whether you were someone who who had his jersey, had 24 or 8, or was somebody who was on the side of, oh, Kobe's a ball hog. There, It was the simple fact that it revolved around Kobe. Kobe yes. Bryant is forever one of the biggest footprints in the National Basketball Association and basketball as a whole. And, I mean, first, that, that legacy as a player, but also his legacy, I think you look back on as a father. I mean, this is a guy who, and I think L. Duncan did a piece for, or she had it in her um, little aside on ESPN, I think this morning or yesterday morning, where she said he was a great girl dad. And, I, you know, I, I don't think I'll ever, that's the thing I won't ever forget. And what really what really hit me with about this one is it was him and his daughter and seeing him and his daughter at basketball games recently and coaching her on the sidelines and telling her about plays and the whole fact that she was 13, had a great career, and from, from all accounts, was going to go to UConn and be in the WNBA and be, you know, a star there. A lot of people said she had so much talent. Um, it's just kind of a, a life cut short and lives cut short for all of the people that were on board. A lot of them were just going um, for their daughter's games. They're all close with Brian and the Mamba Academy and the Mamba club team um, that he coached and his daughter was on. And so um, a lot of lives lost there, all cut short. And I, I do want to make sure, because I saw this on Twitter and it was something that really hit me and, and made me think and re reflect about everything. I do want to send... Um, Thoughts to all of the survivors of you know, sexual assault and things along that nature. Because the thing about Kobe and, you know, you you look at the nuance of everything. While he, great basketball player, he did have the um, accusations coming out. I think it was 2000, not 2011. I'm thinking. No, oh, I want to say like. Was, oh, 2000, oh, was it one? It was early. 2003, I believe, Three? is what I 2003. read. 2003. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, the tweet I saw where, you know, for survivors to see people go on and call him a hero and do all that, that shakes them. And I do want to make sure, because that tweet opened my eyes about it, that this is a, a both sides thing of a man passing and then also just how we kind of view and look at, you know, people we put on this pedestal. We cannot put sports above humanity. You yeah. can't do it. You and know, so, that's... Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so I want to make sure, because it was something that opened my eyes, that we give call to both sides and give call to everybody, because this is a, a trying time for everyone. Of course. No matter if you like basketball or not. These are lives cut short. These are, you know people that are affected each and every day by what happened on Sunday and so yeah wanted to start the show out with that yeah regardless whether or not you were a Kobe Bryant fan like there's millions out there or or not a Kobe Bryant fan such as myself what he meant for the game of basketball so Kobe Bryant the basketball player may he rest in peace Kobe Bryant the father may he rest in peace and you know your thoughts just have to go out to 
everybody involved. So, you know, thank you, Colby, for everything you did for the game of basketball. You will be missed tremendously. And another thing I want to add is his Mamba mentality. That's that's really... It's become a trademark. It has. Yes. It has. And it's something I think that everyone should live by, just to work hard, let go of the small things, be the hardest working man in the room, and just enjoy life for what it is because you don't know when it's going to be your last day. Kobe didn't know that Sunday morning, unfortunately, was going to be the end of his life. Nobody knows. And I think it's so important to just live by that his whole thing just be surround yourself with good people work hard and just let go of the little things because none of that matters so that i took that was a large thing that i took away from this whole thing as well um is that mamba mentality that he had exactly exactly and you said it um and it should be probably before the or yeah before this um episode will come out joe danger i think we'll have a column up um about kobe bryant some thoughts on that so make sure you read that um sums up a lot and as joe will say in there and we'll say here hugs loved ones call loved ones um friends family whomever make sure you give, give somebody a call let them know you love them um and we're gonna do what we love and that's talk basketball some kobe loved as well so that's what we're gonna keep doing keep talking basketball so we'll get started with this episode um we'll go in first couple of road games for michigan state starting at indiana luke sloan and i were there in bloomington for that game first off Indiana Assembly Hall, one of the most beautiful arenas in all of college basketball, and those fans were riled up. I don't know if you guys saw on TV, but they were crazy. They were crazy, throwing stuff on the floor, yelling expletives. It was it was quite the environment, and it, it led to a big upset for Indiana, taking out Michigan State 67-63, the final score in that one. And for me, I think my just initial quick thought, quick takeaway before I turn it over to both of you is that this was another slow start for Michigan State and a slow start on the road lets the crowd get into it, lets them take over a ball game. And for me, when I think back to this game, it's going to be the fact that no matter what Michigan State did, that first punch from Indiana, from them scoring to the fans getting into it, it, it was kind of a grab hold, easy win, not easy win, but a good, it was a great road mix of things to happen for Indiana to take this win at home. Yeah, it was just one of those things where, I mean, you can't get down that big early. You just can't. I don't care who you're playing. I don't care how good you are. You can't get down, what was it, like 20 to 4 or 16 to 4, something crazy yeah. like that. And it's just, that's going to be hard to recover from. And Julian, you were there, so you know firsthand how the crowd reacts to that kind of stuff. And it's, especially a place like Indiana, you know, I know that gets overstated sometimes, you know, home court advantage in certain places, but that is a place where, I mean, the, the Indiana basketball is everything in the state of Indiana. They're they're bigger than the Indiana Pacers, the NBA team. So that's just kind of how it goes. Um, but as far as the Spartans go, you know, that we'll, we'll get into this later. But you just you cannot you can't start flat, and you have to stay locked in the whole game. And that's something the Spartans didn't do, for, at least from my point of view. But I also want to say this: I apologize to you, Spartan fans, for saying that this team won't ever win because this is my fault. I'll take the blame. I jinxed them. <laughs> I said this team won't lose another game. You I did. think all three of I us. Jinxed, well, did. but I said they were going to go undefeated the rest of the season, oh. which was probably stupid. I get, I don't know. I got to look back at the tape. I think I did say one or two more losses, but I didn't say who to. Yeah, but I said yeah, I, I could see them winning out and running away easily with the Big Ten. And now, you know, as we discussed before the show, Illinois is technically in first place in the Big Ten. Yep. Even though the same record as Michigan State. Not sure what the tiebreakers are there. We should know that, but I just don't. Anywho, sorry. Yeah, I mean, you said it all. They It just wasn't a good game. It reminded me sort of of a Purdue 2.0 just falling behind early. And this was just another upsetting Big Ten road loss, their second in a row. And 
Julian, you were there. Like we've been saying, it's a hard place to play in. Assembly Hall is loud. The fans are into it. And I think it just got to them again. I mean, Indiana dominated in the paint. They scored 34 points in the paint while Michigan State managed just 18. Um, You know, it was just like a full team effort that we could see from Indiana. All five of their guys put up big points. And, um, you know, it was just it was a first the first half was weird. I mean, Michigan State fell behind 15 points early in the first 11 minutes. Um, eventually, Indiana built, yeah, 15-point lead, 25-10. to 10. Um, It was just, it was weird until the second half then when Gabe Brown had two straight three-pointers, then Winston buried three straight, and then it started kind of going back and forth, but it just wasn't enough to come back towards the end of the game. I know they were able to. We can get into that when Tillman and Cash are there at the end. They were able, They would have been able to tie it up, but... It just it wasn't enough, and I think when you start when you're slow from the start, it's really hard to catch back up, especially when you're at Indiana. They're with the home crowd, and they're just on a roll, and their guys seem to be doing everything right. And starting with because Trent, I want to hit on it um, before we get out because we touched on it is the tiebreakers um, for the top spot. So it kind of goes in a, in a bunch of ways. Starts first with a uh, two team tie, results of a head to head competition during the regular season. Um, as in right now, looking at it, if it was to stay the same, Michigan State has one win over Illinois. They still have to travel to Champaign for another game. Um, so that could be, you know, 1 1, and then you'd move on to the next thing, which would be uh, each team's record versus the team occupying the highest position in the final regular season standings um what what else is there's a bunch of stuff when arriving at another pair of tied teams while comparing records use each team's record against the collective tied teams as a group rather than the performance against the individual um win loss percentage of all division one opponents and a coin toss conducted by the commissioner or designee a coin toss can you imagine that is the very last piece (laughs) a coin toss a coin toss that's wild man that's some detroit lions stuff right there so uh, a, a right. few things, a few things. If there is a, a tie for the top spot, um, and again, as you said, Illinois and Michigan State tied at seven and two for the top spot. Um, but I come away from this game, and Spartans' first half got outplayed and out toughed. And the biggest thing is going to come down to is rebounding. Um, the final def, final margin uh, doesn't look as big, and it ended up being um, thirty one rebounds for Indiana to twenty nine total rebounds for Michigan State. Um, but in that first half, the margin was larger. And the bigger thing is the offensive rebounds: ten offensive rebounds for Indiana, five for Michigan State and just that front line from Indiana was dominant especially early on in the, in the first half and even at points in the second half they were able to get great position they were able to score whenever they wanted to Joey Brunt had himself a field day had a great night for Indiana other guys down there were fantastic Trace Jackson Davis did his thing and when I look at this game and I look at what Michigan State has, I, I am starting to see that there might be some concerns and some issues in that front line. I mean, Tillman isn't the biggest guy, and Marcus Bingham, while tall and long, doesn't have the the necessary size to take on some of the bigger guys, especially in the Big Ten, who just have a lot of muscle mass and a lot of weight and a lot of things to throw around in the paint. And you look at this one, it was definitely a big uh, big spotlight on those two players and what they could do both defensively and offensively. And you'll look at we'll look at it more when we get into Minnesota, but I think there might be a problem looking at that front line for Michigan State. Yeah, um <clears throat> excuse me. Um it's just weird cuz you look at some of the minutes that Tom Izzo's starting to disperse here. Marcus Bingham Jr. only getting 5 minutes against Minnesota and we'll talk about that game later, but um it's just <clears throat> excuse me, they're starting to shake things up a little bit because clearly we don't know. 
I mean, Tom Izzo's open to anything, of course, and right now you're dealing with some depth issues with Kyle Aaron still not back in yet and just certain things like – but Malik Hall, I think, is a guy who is going to start getting a lot more looks. Uh, and, and, you know, Marcus Bingham, if he can hit his shots, I think that's his biggest thing. Um, if he's scoring, he'll stay in the game. But other than that, you just got to look for Xavier Tillman to just stay strong and continue to have good games. I mean, he had nine points and ten rebounds against Indiana, and it clearly wasn't enough. And then you flip around in Minnesota, 17-10, and 10, and they the Spartans win by 18. So to me, it's it's just more of who is going to kind of help take on that load and not make X have to do everything. However, with that being said, you know, there's a lot of guys who I think could really step up, even if Xavier Tillman is having a great game. Guys like Malik Hall can come in and Marcus Bingham can come, come hit a couple shots. But – um, I think you'd have to look at those two guys. Right. Xavier Tillman, I mean, he did have a bounce-back game that was needed after Indiana finished with a double-double against Minnesota, but we'll talk about that next. But like you guys said, I mean, Tillman and Bingham, I just think, I don't know, I I wouldn't call it a concern. I think just certain games, they're not always going to be on top. And like you said, Bingham, was it five minutes, you said, of playing time? I mean, I think you got to give some of these guys more time to see what they can do out there. And in a game like Indiana, I think we needed to see more of Bingham in there if, got, if our other guys were obviously struggling. So I wouldn't call the front line maybe a concern. I mean, in certain games, it, it looks like that. But I think I don't, Tillman, I don't know, Tillman and Bingham, I just think – Especially Bingham, you got to give him more time, like you were saying. I think that's a big thing. And just seeing which guys can go out there and produce against teams that have bigger, more muscular guys on their front lines. Uh, another wrinkle, along with Malik Hall playing some more minutes, um, another wrinkle Izzo had to throw in there is it seems more and more teams are starting to figure out defensively what they want to throw at, at Winston and Tillman. A lot of double teams uh, thrown at Winston in this one here, just kind of try and slow him down. And obviously Xavier Tillman with only nine points. It seems like teams are picking up on what to do against this dynamic duo, and someone else has to step up and and contribute at this point. Uh, you know, I think you look at that Minnesota game, and some some different things happen there. But a good wrinkle I saw was moving Winston off the ball and allowing Watts to kind of operate in this offense um, and him set up some plays so Winston can get free for looks. Do you see that as something uh, Izzo will go through, go to more down the line? Is it an issue that teams are, are defensively coming up with better schemes against Winston and Tillman? Um, when you look at that, is there anything that will then call you for concern, not concern, but just something to think about going down the line for Michigan State as they get into this Big Ten season and then more into the postseason? I mean, I feel like no team in the Big Ten right now has a duo like Winston and Tillman. I mean, Winston's averaging 18 points. Tillman's counting up double-doubles. I mean, Indiana and thinking back to Purdue, they both have done a nice job at picking up Michigan State's weaknesses. Like in the Purdue game, um, Cassius and Xavier both struggled. Purdue had really great defense and hot shooting throughout the entire game, and their guards did a good job. Um on stopping Michigan State's break, staying on cash, just playing him full court, trying to tire him down. And I remember their guys made a lot of big shots too. And then against Indiana, just Michigan State was slow from the start, and Indiana was just dominating in the paint and just picking up our weaknesses, I guess, and turning them into their strengths. And I think that's just been a big thing, I guess, lately with those two tough road losses, I think – those teams have figured out how to stop a Winston and Tillman, but I think they're so strong. I don't know. I think we won't see too much trouble from other te- other teams, but I think just being at Indiana, at Purdue, those were just really tough atmospheres, and they just did good on their 
on their film before the game and just figured out how to how to take those two down. Yeah, I completely concur with your. <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, battling something right now, but we're all good. I'm, I'm, I'm concurring. <laughs> I concur with your points about Winston Tillman. Completely agree. Um, the Indiana game in particular, you look at it, it's just kind of weird because the Spartans did shoot 45% from the floor, 43% from three-point land. You would think that they would have won this game. You know, somehow, if you just look at it on paper, the difference is uh, turnovers, 13 turnovers for the Spartans to only eight from the from the Hoosiers. So then you have to look at, yeah, your guard play and you know distributing the ball and whatnot. And I think having Rocket Watts, as you kind of said, Julian, having Rocket Watts run some ball dominant plays and getting Cassius off the ball a little bit that kind of creates a little bit more confusion and then you can sort there's a little bit more smoke and mirrors going on as opposed to against Purdue all they got to do is really just kind of plug up the middle and not let X get his and not Mm -hmm. let Cassius get his and then you got to make everyone else beat you and especially when you're on the road that's tough to do so I think you know moving forward I think Tom Izzo is definitely going to look at getting guys like Rocket Watts and even Aaron Henry the ball a lot more often, ball handling, you know, bringing it up the floor. Even Foster Lawyer's been getting a couple looks at that as well. Uh, that's just really going to help take some pressure off of Winston. You're not asking him to do as much. Then he can get his points more in the flow of the game as opposed to just, you know, hero ball. And all credit to Watson Lawyer. I think both of them have, at least his last string of games, been solid in the minutes they've got, especially, you know, Lawyer's a guy who a lot of people love to get on. But he has right. been solid in the minutes he's seen. Watts seems to be getting better and better um, as games go along here. Um, so I, I agree. I think that's something, you know, I really liked seeing. Um, and I think if you're Izzo, you recognize that teams are going to throw everything at Winston. And the way I think you have to get him going at some point, and if it's not starting off in the beginning with a pick and roll, I think you move off ball and allow him to get some good looks. He had a couple of good threes off of that, um, and it was just a good wrinkle to throw when you got a defensive game plan that's playing as well as it is against Winston and Tillman. Our last thought on Indiana, this question, it popped in my head as I was, as I was coming up with the doc, and I still don't know how I feel about it, but I just don't know about Indiana. I, I, I mean, this is a very good win. Uh, for them, and I think you look back at their in the entirety of their schedule, a good win over Florida State early on. Obviously, Ohio State is is on the backslide, but a win a win over Ohio State, this win over Michigan State, and they just took a tough loss um, at home to Maryland, which would have been a, another big win. That was a really close game, 77-76, the score in that one. But they have a lot of time to pick up some more quality wins, but I just don't know if this team is, is someone uh, a team that's going to go far, but I think they're going to cause a lot of trouble come the postseason. Yeah, it's kind of interesting with this team. I think you'd have to look at Florida State as being their best win this season because Florida State now obviously ranked fifth in the nation. But, you know, Indiana, I think they're kind of a team that it's it's a home and away thing. They're very good at home, very and true. they're they're just kind of mediocre on the road. But, you know, their record shows they're a good team. Although they're sixth in the Big Ten, you know, they're an unranked fifth. What are they, 15-5 and five now? Same record yes. as the Spartans. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, I guess you'd have to look, though. I guess their their next best win after Florida State would be um, Ohio State. But even then, it's like, is that looking like a great win at yeah, this point? You know, slip. they have lost to Maryland twice. Um, so, you know, it's just it's kind of a subjective thing. I think if you're a Hoosiers fan, you think they're good. And if you're not, you think they're all right. So we'll just see. There's still a lot of time to go. They still got to play Iowa. Still got to play Purdue. Michigan goes to Indiana. Um so so there's a lot of room for them to still prove themselves and may, probably make a run at the tournament. Right. I think it'll just depend, like you said, as the season goes on. I mean, against us, Joey Brunk had a great game, Trace Jackson Davis. Both those players, I mean, they're good players for them, but like you said, I think maybe it is a home and away thing. Who I don't know if they're dominant both on the road and in Assembly Hall. I guess 
I mean, yeah, Florida State is a big win. Ohio State, who isn't very good at the moment. I mean, Florida State's a good one, but I don't know. I guess, yeah, I'd agree with you that it's just a home and away thing, and I wouldn't call them this great, big, dominating team like how Michigan State's been or Illinois. And so we'll move on here. A loss from Michigan State in Bloomington. It continued the road trip by going to Minneapolis. Very quick turnaround for them in Minneapolis. They actually flew there, I believe, after the game against Indiana. Took some time off uh, because I don't think anybody had Friday classes, apparently, on the basketball team. So they flew to Minneapolis, got in some extra practice, got in some time together. Um, Izzo was really happy about having that kind of moment to be able to spend with the team so they could just get away from everything. Um, So staying on the road, took on Minnesota, and it ended up being a pretty – easy and a a, what felt more of a dominating win finally necessary on the road for Michigan State 70 to 52 the final score in that one uh able to split on this road trip and one thing that Izzo promised and sitting in the press conference after Indiana is that changes were going to come he was very adamant about the fact that that this team didn't seem to have a you know a get up and go mentality a mentality of we are the best team in the country and guys uh, teams are going to take shots at us and we got to be ready for it um, and he, he changed some things up. Malik Hall enters the starting lineup along with uh, Rocket Watts. Once again, Aaron Henry takes a seat on the bench for, I think it was, I forget how many games, but one of the first times in, I think someone said almost 300-some days or something yeah, like probably. that was one of the stats off the broadcast. But takes a seat on the bench, um, and those changes were great. Uh, they were, I don't know, you know, we're going to get into it in some of our Twitter questions, how how much or how long they stick for. Um, but with Hall in the lineup, it brought to me a more strength in that front line. And Marcus Bingham, I think one of the things you get with him is, again, it's 50-50. He'll have great plays, he'll have bad plays. And with Hall, I think he brought good energy. He rebounded well on the glass. And, it, you know, one thing he had was on a fast break, one of the better plays from him. He's out running on a fast break. Winston throws a ball ahead to him. Catches it with great hands and lays it up and in, and that seems to be something that Marcus Bingham has struggled with over the course of this season, just kind of being one of those guys, run the floor, catching it with both hands and getting it up and in, and Hall was able to do that. I really like what he brought. With Henry on the bench, I don't think I've seen Aaron Henry be that, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for, demonstrative. He came out with some energy, some yeah. fight. I mean, he was one of the first guys slapping the floor on defense, getting back, hustling. Every time he put the ball on the deck, it was right to the hole. He had an idea of where he was going to go, and I don't know, you know, taking that seat on the bench revitalized him, but these changes to me were were huge, and I think this is is one of those moments you'll look back at the season and say this was, for for Izzo at least, coaching-wise, one of, I think, the better in-season moves he's been able to make. Yeah, in terms of the adjustments he made, I, I Gabe Brown this season to me has really stepped up and shown uh, a tremendous amount of maturity and just wanting to play hard. He plays with tenacity. He plays with some urgency, and that's just awesome to see. You know, he plays 26 minutes. Uh, in, in the game against Minnesota, only seven points, but he's just he's an efficient. Now, obviously tonight, or sorry, against Minnesota, two for six from the floor, but he hits a three pointer. He rebounds. You know, he just runs the offense and he plays defense. And he's just like a really athletic guy. He's kind of almost what you thought Aaron Henry would be, even though Aaron Henry probably has the the more gifted skill set. But now what you see Izzo doing is he's using those guys, kind of bouncing off each other with Henry coming off the bench, like you said, Julian. Uh, you get that burst of energy, especially with no RNs. That's just something that you're going to need. All good teams are going to need that. And in terms of the other change with Bingham going to the bench, I think that clearly that was the right decision as well because Malik Hall just plays to the identity of this team, I think. You know, he works hard. He rebounds. I agree. He just does his job. He's a very selfless player. 
and he's just going to go do his job. He's a freshman, and he looks up to guys like Tillman. He's just trying to play. I read, uh, I believe it was Brendan McCormick, or Kevin McCormick, excuse me, wrote a piece for us after the Minnesota game just talking about how Malik Hall kind of filled the Kenny Goins role in one year. And I think he almost has, you know, minus maybe the three-point shooting outside of that Seton Hall game. But he just has. He's been, you know, the great, the perfect guy in the middle for this team. And I think having him in the starting lineup was awesome. Yeah, I mean, Michigan State needed this road win on Sunday to stay on top of the Big Ten or at least be up there with Illinois. They got on top of it early, took a double-digit lead in the first half, and I think that was important because that's what they lacked, I guess, against Indiana. They did not have the lead. Indiana took the lead and ended up um, helping them in their favor. But, you know, the team, I think they showed a much better urgency um, than it did in the two previous road games. So I think this was a good confidence booster for them. And I think it was good that Izzo put in the two freshmen, Malik Hall and Rocky Watts. I think for Malik, his performance on Sunday was impressive. He looked like a Kenny Goins-like player, like you said. Grabbed six rebounds, go along with seven points. He was tough on the glass. Um, he was aggressive. And I think this is the kind of playmaking that we like to see from him. Rocket Watts replacing Henry. I mean, he had 10 points, one rebound on four for nine shooting and two for five from the floor. I think he was a nice addition to the starting lineup, handled the ball well, gave Cassius a few breaks, which I think is always important. And I think, you know, the past few games he's been doing well, Rocket Watts. We've talked about how this momentum is so important for a player like him. Um you know, because sometimes he has bad looks, doesn't take great shots, but I think he's starting to be more confident in himself in that aspect. And then Aaron Henry, I think putting him on the bench, I mean, he was probably shocked when Izzo told him he wasn't going to start, but that I think that's Izzo's way of motivating him. That's always been Izzo's big thing this year. Yep. You know, he doesn't ever motivate, like, or he doesn't find that sense of aggressiveness himself. You kind of have to put it on him by doing stuff like that. Like, hey, you're not starting today. And honestly, on the inside, that probably made him go, oh, wow, okay, this never usually happens. Like, Rocket's starting over me. So I think maybe that put a little fire under his belt when he finally went in. Um, and I think he came in and played well despite the four turnovers, which obviously needs to be cut down. I mean, turnovers on this team, Izzo preaches that all the time. But, I mean, in return, he played good on defense, and he had four steals. So I think this was a good move. Izzo's been switching things around, and I think he's just truly trying to figure out who this starting five is going to be because it changes constantly. But I liked what we saw from Malik and Rocket, and then when Aaron came in. And maybe it's good to not have him start. Maybe it's good to have Aaron come in a little bit later, settle down, get used to what's going on in the game. And I don't know, Rocket played well in his spot. So is Aaron maybe more of a sixth-man role? I don't know. That's the biggest question. <laughs> I, I know for sure I have been kind of riding the Hall bandwagon for a lot of this season. Uh, I think he's he's the better shooter. He is has the better size, the better body. Uh, obviously, he's has a lot of freshman mistakes, but as you said, Sean, he comes in all the time with energy, ready to go. He does what's necessary. He fills a, a very Kenny Goins-esque role. And, I mean, to come off uh, your first game starting – and, and pretty much come in, you give him seven points and six rebounds, three of those offensive, I, I thought he was solid. He, he was just rock solid, and I think that's what you're going to need next to Tillman, um, which is what to me brought up the question, and I think it was in a, a Graham Couch piece, um, but because he talked about it as well this week. But MSU still does not have a clear-cut starting power forward, four spot, whatever you want to call it. There's still no clear-cut guy who you're like, that's the one. He's in the starting lineup. And I, I think at this point, I don't know if that's an issue. Because uh, Tillman's going to be everything and more, night in and night out. 
And I don't know necessarily if you need, you know, one of them to be the guy at the four spot. I think you can kind of rotate by situation and by whoever is playing better uh, after a certain game. And I think right now Hall is the man you ride. I think you ride him until he shows you you can't. And say you play a different team that you need Bingham's length. Then you throw Bingham's length in. Kithier is also, he's in these last couple of games, has been solid. A lot of people have gotten on him, but I think he comes in, he gives energy once again, he rebounds well. And so I don't know if you need a solid one, if you can keep rotating good guys into that spot. Yeah, you nailed it. I think it a lot of it depends on matchups and I think a lot of that we'll see, you know, different starting lineups fluctuating throughout the Big 10 tournament or the NCAA tournament. We'll see, but um I don't know necessarily think it's an issue either, you know, for two reasons. Number 1, that's just kind of how the NBA or not the NBA, but just basketball is specifically the NBA is played these days. It's a lot of shooting, a lot of run and gun and small ball, that type of thing. And number two, when you have a guy like Malik Hall who comes in and works hard and Gabe Brown who comes in and works hard and even Foster Lawyer who comes in and is going to work hard, you just have a rotation. And at that point, you just have guys who are just going to come in. It's not necessarily positionless basketball because they are still running plays and, and running sets for certain players. But these guys just play freely and they don't feel contained to one specific skill set. You know, Malik Hall can shoot the ball, but he can also rebound. and He can also hit his free throws. And that kind of thing is just important. I think you would, Julian, to your point, you would ride Hall at this point if you need a consistent four, but you might not. You know, we saw lineups consisting of yep. Gabe Brown and Aaron Henry at the same time playing the three and four spots against Wisconsin. That was a big factor in that win. So I think it all just matters with matchups and it all matters, like you said, Natalie, motivating Aaron Henry, keeping him on his toes, and just keeping this team kind of up and at him. Yeah, I don't think it it matters that they don't have a clear-cut starting power forward. Like you guys said, I'll harp on it too. I think it just depends on the matchup, and I like that Izzo's been switching things around. It shows that he's really trying to figure out that answer, and who knows if if he'll find that soon. But I think what we could see from Elite Hall against um, Indiana, was it? Wait, uh, Minnesota... Yeah, the 7.6 rebounds. I mean, this is this is positive stuff for us to see from him, from the freshman. And I think he has the ability to be that strong power forward that we want him to be. And again, he's only a freshman. We're only going to see him hopefully get better and continue to have good games like this. And I think it all just depends on who Izzo's putting in and we'll just be able to see who can perform in these coming games. Because I think Malik Hall... Could definitely be the starting power forward. Maybe Gabe Brown, Thomas Kithier. I don't know. It, it, I think it's just going to depend. All right, Natalie, don't get mad at me. Yeah. I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay. Because you said it first um, about Aaron Henry. And well, I'm just going to go into it now because it is a Twitter question, but we're already talking about, talking about it. Alex McCray asked about if this lineup is going to stick. How will the players react? Henry and Bingham to being benched and then Hall and Watts to being thrust into the starting role. And, and you said it earlier about Aaron Henry. Um, that might be better off the bench. Do you have potentially maybe a number of games or even just do you think he'll be on the bench for this upcoming game against Northwestern tomorrow? Do I think he'll be on the bench? Yes. Starting tomorrow? Like, yeah. Do you think will he, another... will he come off the bench again? Or is this a one-time, one-off um, change for Izzo just to get that's him inspired? A good, that's a good question. Um, You know, I've... I hope Izzo puts him on the bench, I think, tomorrow and then has him start a little later because we could obviously see that he came out and had a better performance than he's had lately. I think he needs that motivation, whether it's in the form of being benched 
or yelling at him or whatever it may be. But like we've been saying on this podcast for weeks now, Michigan State is still looking for that third clear-cut shooter on this team. I mean, and we hope that it's him, but it can be other guys too, like Gabe Brown, Rocket Watts. We're not sure. But for Aaron Henry to step into that role, he needs that motivation from other people, unfortunately. And if that means benching him right away, then so be it. I don't know. Yeah, that's. I think that's my answer because we could obviously see he had a better game. Yeah, he was I, benched at first, and I, he's able to relax and get a feel for how the game's going, and then get in and feel a little anger. Like, is this not going to start me? Like, he's going to put Rocket in over me? Like, I'm going to show them. Like, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think it definitely is. I, I completely agree, actually. I think if you're going to keep – if you're going to keep Aaron Henry on the bench, this is a game to do it, right? Because Northwestern, obviously, 6-13, and 1-8 and eight in the Big Ten. Not great. Um, we'll get into that matchup later. But I just think if you if you are going to try out some new lineups, this would be the time to do it. So I would expect Aaron Henry maybe to be on the bench tomorrow just because I think – Right, exactly. It not? is Northwestern. Yeah, you got to get Malik Hall more running in with the yes. starting guys because if you, know, you look at the schedule for the Spartans coming up, uh, they might need him. So you never know. Yeah, but to all your points about Aaron Henry staying motivated, I think that's a good way to kind of keep him guessing. So I'm with both of you. I, I think, especially, uh, one, because it is Northwestern on the horizon, but especially because I think, I don't think Izzo's the type of coach who's like, make the changes, one-off game, all right, you're back, you're back in. I think this is something that at least can go two games and say, let me see it for two. Let me see, let me see, you know, energetic, angry, motivated Aaron Henry for two games in a row, and then for um for Wisconsin on the road. Maybe I'll insert you back in the starting lineup. I personally, and this is this is completely just me, and you all may may differ with me. I I think I'm with Hall in the starting lineup. I I personally feel and until he shows you these fresh mistakes that can kill you, I think you keep him in because I personally think he's he's a bigger threat. I still I just don't the weight of Marcus Bingham until he learns to to be more strategic and mental with his defense uh since he is always going to be at a lack of size and 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 weight down there i think you keep Hall in i think Hall is the better body for it i think to me i i like him shooting the ball more than like Bingham shooting the ball and so for, for me i like Hall at that spot i don't know if you all have differing opinions um but i i think with Hall i think that'll stick i think the Henry benching I say give it Northwestern, and he comes out motivated for Northwestern, then I think you can see him back in the lineup by Wisconsin. Yeah, especially given how adamant Izzo was after the loss to Indiana, saying changes will be made. You're just going to make the changes for one game and then go right back to what you were doing. You know, I don't see that happening either, to your point, Julian. Um, The case for Marcus Bingham would be his length and his shooting ability. However, as you said, Malik Hall has shot the ball better this season, and you know Malik Hall just seems to work better with what the Spartans are trying to do. Get out and run, you know, set screens, a lot of ball screens, a lot of toughness down low. Bingham doesn't always bring that energy. Not saying he can't in the future and not saying things can't change, but I agree. I think Hall is your bigger threat right now to start at the four spot. And as far as the three goes, if you want to slide Aaron Henry back in there at some point, maybe you bring Gabe Brown to the bench because those guys seem to play similarly. Then you can have Gabe Brown give you that energy and that spark off the bench. So, um, yeah, I, I pretty much agree with everything you just said. And to give some stats to it, so far on this season, Marcus Bingham is 5-23 and 23 from beyond the arc. That's 21%. You know, want to round it up because it's 21-7. Uh, you give it 22%. Marcus, I mean, Malik Hall is 5-13. for 13. Lesser attempts, but 38% from the field on the looks that he's gotten from beyond the arc. And 
that's just some stats to kind of back up what we're saying on him being a better shooter. In and, big moments, so yeah, too. In big moments. I mean, they, I mean see, Spartans yeah. needed all three of them against the Seton Hall Pirates. So we remember that game, how that game went. All three of those shots by Malik Hall from beyond the arc were timely. I believe they were all in the second half. Uh, that's just and, uh, on the road against a ranked opponent. So that's just something to me that you can't take lightly either. Yeah, and Hall also 55% from the field overall, Bingham 41% from the field overall. So I think I, I think you roll with Hall, and then if things go south, they, they are an interchangeable spot of, of force because Kithier could also have a game where he plays fantastic. Um, so th- that is that for us on the four spot. Thank you for Alex McCray for the question. Kind of one last thing. I'm just going to touch on it real quick before we move on. I thought the defense was also terrific in this one. I think they, did, they had the right idea of kind of – defending well on a Turu, but allowing him to have his game, I think it was keyed in on Marcus Carr to not allow him uh, to get into any kind of rhythm. He finished, I believe, 3-4-11 uh, on the night or the afternoon, excuse me, in this game, and I thought they, they keyed in on him. The The difference, I think, is you start with Watts on him, and Watts is growing to me into what is one of the better perimeter defenders on this team, and then you come off the bench, and Aaron Henry's the guy coming off the bench to defend you. I think being able to interchangeably throw those two at him uh, slowed Carr down a lot in this one. 3 of 14 was the final stat for him, so I thought that that was a good change. Um, Kalisher, I thought they defended him pretty well, but he also missed a lot of open looks, finished 4 of 12 on the night. Um, but for me, the defense defense was pretty smothering, and what could have been an easy home victory for Michigan uh, for excuse me for Minnesota. Thought they weathered the first punch from Minnesota, or what could have been the first punch pretty well as Minnesota came out kind of the gates kind of tough. They were going flying at the glass, took a lot of good shots, just missed a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. I completely agree. I think the Spartans' defense was the a, a key cog in getting an eighteen point win. It was big. So another win on the road for Michigan State, able to split this road trip, which was big. Uh, I don't know. I mean, not going to say an 0-2 stretch on this road trip is going to derail them, but I think it would have been cause for more concern than anything. So splitting this, good to come back to the home place with Northwestern on the horizon with uh, a 1-1 and series on the road and then get ready to hit uh, the road once again with Wisconsin coming up. Uh, we'll move on. Quickly want to touch on the Big Ten for a moment here. Standings have uh, have changed a bit. Again, Illinois and Michigan State tied at number one at 7-2. and two. Uh, Maryland, Iowa, Rutgers all at 6-3. and three. Indiana 5-4. and four. Uh, Wisconsin, Minnesota 5-5. Five and five. Penn State 4-4. Four and four. Uh, Purdue 4-5. and five. Ohio State dropping to 3-6. Uh, and six. Michigan, they're going through a lot of Michigan, and that's going to be our first place to get into. They're 2-6. and six. Nebraska 2-7 and seven in Northwestern. One and eight, but quickly touching on Michigan, the suspension of uh, Xavier Simpson coming out. I think that came out on Monday um, about him being suspended to I think violating team team rules or something like something along those lines. Um, his suspension coming just huge for Michigan. He he's the leader of that team, has been the the you know mental leader. He's kind of wherever he goes, Michigan goes, and for him to be suspended is is huge uh, for the Wolverines, and they are continuing their slip in the conference standings and just college basketball at large. I think it's four straight now for the Wolverines that they have lost, and I don't know if a turnaround's in sight for them. Yeah, I absolutely think they're in trouble. I don't think there's any way you can make a case they're not. I mean, obviously the Wolverines have lost, what is this, one, two, three, four, five out of six, and, you know, a lot of them have been not that close. So you kind of just have to look at what the – and you look at the Michigan Wolverines team, what do they do well? Well, they've got Xavier Simpson, who obviously is going to be out for a little while, but, you know, he's a great passer, and that's their thing. They, this team is 71st in points per game in the country, 224th in rebounding, 53rd in assists, and 193rd in defense. 
it's it's not, it's not good. It's not that's not a tournament team. And you know, I know a lot of people were really excited with Jawan Howard coming over to coach him and everything. And he's gonna need some time to get his recruits in here until things really start to take off with this team. But the way it sits now, I don't see Michigan making the tournament. Two and six in the Big Ten. Obviously, it's a tough conference, but. That's kind of the measuring stick when you have a tough conference. You've got to beat some of these teams. And obviously Michigan with the hot start to the season, and as of late, you know, it doesn't look like they can really hang with the big dogs in the Big Ten. Do we know how long Simpson's suspension is? I think it's just a game. Oh, it's just a game. I think. I will fact-check myself. Okay. Um, But, yes, you you continue. Because that would be a big factor, too, depending on how long he's suspended. Because he is a huge part of this team. He is the leader. He is sort of the face of this team. I mean, sitting at 11-8 and overall, 2-6 and in the Big Ten, that's not good. I I mean, they just lost a close one at home to Illinois, 64-62. to That would have been nice for them if they won. um, Because Illinois being tied with Michigan State. At like one and two, I mean they're a great team this year. Michigan lost at Iowa, lost at home to Penn State, and lost at Minnesota. You know Minnesota, Iowa, tough opponents. I believe Penn State are they tough as well. They are. I think sort they, of they're newly of the in the road. rankings. Okay, so I don't know. I I think in order to declare them as someone that's going to make the tournament, I think they needed to beat some of these teams on the road. And is it their own five on the road? that what it says here? I mean, that sounds right. five away, away. Yeah. I mean, not that Michigan State's had an easy time playing on the road either, but, you know, you just got to find an, a way to win those games. And if they're just going to stay on the same path that they are right now, be only winning two games in the Big Ten, I mean, that's that's just not good. And no. Yeah, and it's tough. And I mean, even I think these were two games that they expected to get a win out of at home. You get Penn State, who was newly in the rankings at 24, um, and an Illinois team. It came down to, you know, a last second shot from Io Desumu. But I mean, it's just a struggle. These are two games that I think you say we're at home, you know, kind of pull out a win. This is your season on the line to pull out a win at home. Um, they do have a stretch of Nebraska, uh, a N- Nebraska game coming up. That's a way. But, yeah, Simpson out for one game. So he'll be out for Nebraska, and then we'll be reevaluated after that as far as his status goes. But Nebraska, Rutgers, and, and Madison, which I think if you're Michigan now, you'd much rather have that in Chrysler. But Madison, New York, uh, New York Madison Square Garden is where that's going to be. Ohio State comes to Chrysler. Michigan State comes to Chrysler. So there's, you know, a chance for a run that could happen here, but with Simpson out and then Livers now re-aggravating his injury or even I think a new injury coming for him and he's going to miss some time. I don't know what signals the fact that this is going to turn around for Michigan. Again, time left for them to do it. A run could potentially happen if everyone gets healthy and everything comes and starts right, but as of right now, they are in dire straits in Ann Arbor. Um, last one, touching on our Big Ten. One thing that we haven't been able to talk about is – you know, Big Ten player of the year, Winston, seemingly the guy who's going to lock it up. But there are some people coming for his throat in this. And, and I'll give kind of my guy who's kind of, to me, leading it at this point, because I think Winston, especially with this last stretch, has just struggled. Uh, this man has been putting on a show. And that's Luca Garza at Iowa leading the best offense in the Big Ten. Garza's averaging 23 points a night along with 10 rebounds, shooting it from 50, 55% from the field, 37% from three overall in conference play. He's up to 27 points tonight along with 11 rebounds. He's been fantastic. He's been on a tremendous stretch of play, and 
I think as of right now, if we're just giving power rankings, I think he'd probably lead it just off of his play recently and Winston's recent play since the Michigan game. Um, but it, it's going to be a tight race, I think, from those two. And Oturu, you can throw him in the mix as well. Um, Dasunmu at Illinois, you can throw him in the mix. Um, but for right now, Garza has been – he's been dominant. Yeah, he has been. He's been great, and it's been a little surprising. I mean, Iowa, you know, who knows what's going to happen. There's still a lot of season to play, but – um, I would still give the nod to Cassius Winston at this point. But as you said, Julian, Oturo is even kind of in the race as well. You know, just shy of 20 points per game and 11 rebounds. That's solid. That's a double-double, and a lot of people are going to look at that and say that's awesome. Uh, the difference would be Minnesota's record and Minnesota's performances so far. Yep. But um, as an individual, I mean, it is an individual award, and Oturo has been great. I'm with you, Julian. I had Luca Garza here as my, well, between him and Cassius Winston, actually. But like you said, going over his stats again, 23 points a game, uh, 10.7 rebounds, and 55% from the field. That's great. And like you said, Trent, maybe something that we didn't expect from him. But he could clearly be the front runner right now. But Cassius Winston is still an outstanding player in the Big Ten, if not the best. I mean, he was the preseason national player of the year this year, and he's still averaging 18 points a game, 2.4 rebounds a game, 6.1 assists, 42.8% from the field. So his stats are still great. That I mean, those, even though Lucas might be a little bit higher per game, I think Cassius and him are, are right up there in the as the front runners, I guess. They are. They are. They are. Just so continuing it's with, hard to see, with yeah. Garza's campaign. Just, you know, flex a little bit. The guy has last three, put up 33, um, 33, 28, and then 21 the other night against Wisconsin. Is that a roll? You know, he's not a roll. Iowa isn't ranked. either of them. Iowa isn't ranked, are they? Are they ranked? Yes, they are 18 in the country. Oh, okay, okay. 18 Sorry. in the country at 14 and 5. How many... Okay, so the new rankings came out yesterday. How many teams in the Big Ten are ranked now? Um, Rutgers is at 25, Penn State at 24. So you got two, Illinois at 19, Maryland at 15. Oh, I skipped over Iowa. Iowa's at 18, Maryland 15, State at 14, um, and that is it. Six. So six teams. Tough conference. Um, I'm trying to see. Anyone else get votes? Ohio State has votes. Yeah, they have 16. 16 votes. Indiana has 15 votes. For being in, Purdue has six as well. Wisconsin has a vote to throw in there as well. So a lot of teams competing in the Big Ten. It's, I think, the toughest conference in college basketball this season. By far. Uh, top for to bottom, sure. they have just been, you know, obviously I, I don't know if the top is as good as some other tops, but the top's great. The middle is the middle is where all the action's happening. Yep. That kind of middle ground of, of, you know, teams like an Indiana or a Penn State that can make noise in the postseason and that are, you know, taking teams at their own house and making road wins hard to come by is has been great. So the Big Ten doing everything they can. They could earn potentially, I think some people are saying, you know, 11 to even 12, which which is crazy, but that many uh, bids for the NCAA tournament. So see what happens as the season continues going on. But a quick Big Ten update there. We'll get into our Twitter questions. Uh, we'll start first with a fun one. Brennan Wilner always asking some fun questions. He asks, who do you think? on this team would be able to go pro in another sport other than basketball? This was a tough one. I don't really know if I have an answer. I think for one thing, Cassius Winston, I think he'd be a fantastic bowler. All right. (laughs) That's that's funny. That's good, though. I think he'd be a great bowler. Yeah, no, I'm curious at what all these guys, like, 40 times would be. Like, I'm just thinking, would any of these guys be good, like, track stars? 
I don't know. Yeah, who knows? I'd Rocket. just be curious. I was Rocket say, Watts? He's I w- got speed. Yeah, that's his nickname. Speed, right? Isn't it Speedy or something? Rocket Speedy uh, who Watts? Who knows? Or I, I don't know. I mean, his name's Rocket. <laughs> like, I've seen that. Yeah, that too. Which obviously is his real Rocket. name. But Mark Rocket? Yeah. yeah. It's so weird to think his name's Mark. He yeah. just doesn't look I know. <laughs> he doesn't look like a Mark. He looks like a Rocket. My pick for this question was Rocket Watts as a, as a halfback in football. I think he, I, I don't know, maybe not go pro, but, I mean, he's he's quick, on his feet. He can cut. He's yeah. jumped, you know, he, he's he's an athletic dude. I guess my other fun pick would be Xavier Tillman as a tight end. That'd be okay, fun to watch. that is fun. I would love to watch like Xavier that. Tillman muscle away some. Yeah, he's got the I muscle, like the that. broad shoulders. Yes. yes. And the work ethic. And I can he, see it. Obviously, he's got the hands too, so it would just be fun to watch him play tight end. I could see that. I like yeah. that pick. I do like that pick. Thank you. I'm going to do that with you. Thanks, guys. Good one. We all agree with that. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> Shout out to Brendan Wolner for always the uh, for always asking the fun questions for Impact the Zone. Uh, our next one from the man Zachary Swasicki. He asked, twenty games into the season, what do you think Izzo is in his path to truly knowing his roster? I think I'm trying to give a percentage, and if I mm, this percentage could be crazy, I'm gonna go with I think anywhere between sixty to seventy percent. I think he's starting to figure it out. And realize what he has. Um, I think as Watts comes along and he's starting to look better defensively, he's also picking his spots better offensively. I think he's starting to figure out him. I think he's starting really to figure out. I think he figured out a great way of motivating Aaron Henry. He knows what he's getting out of Tillman. He knows what he's getting out of Winston. Um, I think Gabe Brown is coming along as far as being able to shoot and providing energy. So I think he's starting to figure it out. I think, you know, whatever happens with Kyle Arns, I think that'll be an interesting thing for him to tinker with. Because now that's another guy you got to think about where he's going to slot in in the rotation and exactly how much he can give you. Um, but I think he's starting to figure it out. I think these changes at Minnesota were a, a big turn for, for this team, for figuring out who they are in their DNA and where they're going from here. Yeah, I'm going to completely overreact because that's what I do. So I'm going to overreact to the Minnesota game. I think adjustments from Wade. I'm, I'm going to say Izzo knows his roster right now about 80 to 90%. Because I think that he knows what he's going to get from everybody. Now it's just a matter of getting the guys in the right rotations and the right minutes on the court with the right people. So that's where the other 15 to 10% comes from. But I definitely think he knows what he's got now. He knows what he has to do to motivate certain guys, a la Aaron Henry. And I just think, I don't know, he's Tom Izzo. I'm not going to underestimate the guy. I'm just going to, I'm going to go with 85%. I'm going to go right in the middle and say 75. <laughs> solid, solid. Things up a bit. Running up the middle. I, I love it. For all the reasons you guys just named, I completely agree with you. I think with each of his players, he's started to figure out, you know, what ones are going to perform for me night in and night out. I think we were able to see against Minnesota that Malik Hall has that ability to play the four spot. That's been the biggest question all year. Can Aaron Henry find that motivation within himself or do does Tom Izzo have to do it for him? Well, Tom had to do it for him by benching him, but we could see that he had a pretty good game after that happened. I think, again, Rocket Watts, who's been um, on the up and up, we can see that he maybe his motivation, his momentum has been a little bit better. He's been improving every game, and he's actually making smart shots and taking shots. Um, and he's good on defense as well. I just think, yeah, I think Tom Izzo, maybe 75 to 80. I think he's still going to be tweaking things. We've been seeing it in every game. But I think he could have possibly found his good starting lineup against Minnesota. And I think it's perfect that we played Northwestern on Wednesday because 
with a team like that that isn't this high caliber team like we've been playing lately and it's at home here in the Breslin Center Tom Izzo will continue to be able to play with lineups and I think like you asked me earlier Julian I think Aaron Henry will be benched right away and I think Malik will be playing and I think we'll see those types of things because he I mean March is going to come up faster than we know it and Tom has got to figure out who those starting five are going to be exactly exactly so answering Zach's question I think we all pretty good percentages I like it. I like it. So hopefully that answers his question. Um, it's the end of our Twitter questions. Not a lot of Twitter questions this week. That's my fault. I was a little late to tweeting out, to tweeting your questions. But got some good ones. Answered them well. And we'll move on to our final portion of this show. We'll preview the uh, next two games coming up before we record again. The first one tomorrow against Northwestern. It's a home game for the Spartans. 6.30 p.m. will be televised on Big Ten Network. Um, Northwestern a season ago, 13-19, and 4-16 and in the Big Ten, uh, ended up losing in overtime to Illinois in the first round of the Big Ten tournament. Um, a season ago, they lost 81-58 to uh, to Michigan State at home, in the home game for Northwestern, I believe, I think. Um, put it in the notes like an idiot as MSU at home, so don't know what no, that do, means. Do your thing. Shout out, <laughs> Julian. Yeah. Good work. Um, this season, Northwestern still sh- struggling along um, last in the Big Ten Conference. They're 6-13 and 13 overall, 4-7 um, and seven at home, 1-5 and five away from home. Um, by all accounts, should be a kind of a good just home tune-up before getting back out of the road again um, for Michigan State. A couple of good players, though, for Northwestern. Miller Kopp, um, a sophomore forward out of Houston, Texas. He's been Having a good season, 13, 13 points a game, about three, uh, about four rebounds a night, 42% from the field, 40% from three. Um, he's about 6'7". Definitely a guy that you might look for from Northwestern, but I think by all accounts this is kind of your reprieve, your tune-up before Wisconsin and then, I think yeah, Wisconsin, um, and then Penn State back at home, then Michigan for Michigan State. Those three games kind of all back-to-back are much tougher give you a time to breathe here with Northwestern. Yeah, this Northwestern game, as you said, Julian, should be a tune-up. I will say this, don't come out flat. Just don't do it. You can't overlook the opponent, and you can't look to your next game. With that being said, I think the Spartans will deal with the Wildcats pretty easily. I think Miller Kopp is a, you know, he's a fine player, but this is a chance, I think, for Malik Hall. You bring him right out and stick him on there and let him just kind of work on Kopp and try to shut him down for the most part as much as he can. And then obviously if you get, if you have to hit the panic button, you can go to Tillman or you can try Bingham's length or something like that. But I would actually look for Malik Hall to have a pretty big game in this one just because you're going to try to baptize by fire. Uh, I stole that by I stole that from Ryan Collins. Baptism by fire. Baptism by fire. Throw him into it. <laughs> Malik Hall. I guess we'll give Collins credit for that. Yeah. Baptism by fire. Yeah, we have to. We'll give it to him. We'll yeah. give it to him. All right, that's all I got. <laughs> yeah, Michigan State needs to come out strong regardless if it's Northwestern because that's burned them in the past when they haven't done that. And for Northwestern, their only conference win this year is Nebraska, who themselves are 7-13 and and 2-7 and in the conference. So not this great high-caliber team this year. Like we've said over and over, I think this will be a good tune-up game for Michigan State. Tom Izzo will continue to play around with things, probably put Malik Hall in the starting lineup once again. And, yeah, I think this should be should be a good one for Michigan State just to get their feet back under them and just another confidence game, essentially. Can't struggle out of the gates at home against Northwestern. Um, following that, Michigan State will head to Wisconsin. Trent and I will be there. Very long five-hour drive. I think we're going to make it. We'll probably oh, make it. Oh, you guys it. will. We'll probably make it. I think, we're at, I think my percentage is like 80%. We'll make it. 
77. We'll probably make it. Okay. Okay. We, we might stop somewhere. Yeah. I don't know what's in between on the way to Wisconsin, but maybe we'll stop off somewhere and just won't make it to the game. Who knows? Who who really knows? Who re- or we'll spend a night in Wisconsin. If you see us at any Wisconsin bars, we might not make it to the game. We might not make it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Be on never the been, out for never these been two. to Wisconsin. Actually, I have been to Wisconsin. I went to Wisconsin Dells one time. Oh, really? I've never been to Wisconsin. Kalahari? Is that where you went? Maybe. I don't That's really in Wisconsin know. Dells. I was young. I was young. What we is took Kalahari. You've never heard of Kalahari? No. What? No. I honestly haven't either, but I don't. Uh, maybe I was there. I don't know. I was like nine years old. We took okay. a little yeah, car ferry across like, like Michigan. Okay, flabbergasted. So there's right now. two locations. There's one in Sandusky, Ohio, by Cedar Point. It's the largest indoor water park in the world. You guys have never been. No. And then there's one nope. in Wisconsin Dells, and they okay. have the largest outdoor water park. That's in the where world, I was. I That's where I was then, because we were at we that the whole trip was like Wisconsin Dells outdoor well, water park. Outdoor yeah, water yeah. park. Okay. That's so what? I was there. Yes. No idea. All right. No. Well, no clue. We might need to take another road trip. <laughs> uh oh. We might not make go it. Go to Kalahari. <laughs> might not. The it's three of us so are now fun. going to Kalahari. Yes. I can't believe you guys have never heard of that. No. Or like you went but forgot the name. Maybe. I've, Maybe. Yeah, I've wow. never heard of Kalahari. All right. I never figured I'd end up in Wisconsin. Yeah. So it's, that's it, also a thing. Knows? Didn't All realize right. my life would take me there. But here if we I are. see a lot of Packers fans, I might have to say something. That's all I'm gonna say. Do you Screw think they wear cheeseheads like recreationally? If they Is that do, like a day-to-day thing? If they do, they're losers. <laughs> and I will let them know about it. My dad has a nice jingle for the Packers. What it is goes it? Like I want to know it. Dun 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 da dun dun dun. Blow, pack, blow. Because oh, you know how I they always that. say go, yeah, pack, go, go, pack, go. Yeah. I like that. Screw okay, okay, the whole oh, go pack go thing. <laughs> I I'm, love I'm that. gonna have to. By the way, we're gonna we're gonna have to let's talk about this Wisconsin game and then I want Super Bowl picks. We're gonna have to do that real quick before we Super go. Super Bowl picks. All right. Okay. Um. Well, we'll have another episode before the Super Bowl. We will this, this Sunday. Sunday. Oh wow! This we're not Sunday. Gonna. Wait. Yeah. Yeah. This, wow. this, Sunday. this Sunday. So let's let's do the Wisconsin game. Wow. Wait, are we'll you guys close. driving the back Pro here like real Sunday. fast? Yep. Yeah. Oh, we're wow. well. We're here's the deal. We're staying Friday night, coming then coming home on Saturday night after the game. So oh, you're we just will coming be home back after. For okay. Sunday. I was gonna say wow. you guys better drive fast. Can we talk about the fact that it's February? Jesus, where did the time no, go? No, I know. Wow. I know. I know. Wow. Spring break in a month. Wow. Oh, wow. Woo-woo. Okay, we're talking about Wisconsin. Okay. I cannot <laughs> think about life moving that fast. Um, Wisconsin on Saturday, February 1st uh, in Madison, 1 p.m. It'll be on Fox. Uh, Trent and I will be there with all the content. We'll have yes, some we will. stuff for you. Check it out. Hopefully. Written stuff, video stuff. We look good. We'll be, we'll be somewhere. We'll be on your Twitter. We'll be on your website, whatever you want to call it. Um, Michigan State already took on Wisconsin this season um, as the Badgers came to the Breslin Center. Uh, good win for Michigan State. They won 67-55 to in that one. Um, good game. They really shut down Micah Potter. Four points in that one, just 2-7 of seven from the field in 20 minutes of play. Um, Brad Davidson, Demetrius Trice also had off nights, just nine points um, between the two of them, or nine points for the two of them. And uh, Wisconsin... I will say they are on a two-game losing streak. Just they lost to Purdue on the road at first, then lost another away game um, at Iowa. Two tough games, two both, two of them away from home. They'll be able to come back to Wisconsin for this game against Michigan State. The biggest thing I think you look at this one that changes uh, between the last one. Wisconsin will have pretty much not a week, but will have from they played on Monday. We'll have from now until Saturday to prep for this game against Michigan State, which could be big. Cole Center will, I I think, be popping for this one. It's a stripe out is what they say on their schedule. Stripe out. Stripe out. Interesting. Stripe out. Sponsored by Alliant Energy. 
They have a sponsor. Uh, it, it says Stripe Out, and then underneath is the logo for Alliant Energy. So, all right, all right. I'm assuming that means it's sponsored by Alliant Energy. Well, hats off. Hats cool. off to them. Stripe Out. Uh, so they will be ready for this one. I, 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 for me, I, I don't think Michigan State will have a problem again. I think they're, they're figuring it out as to what they want to do and just the team that they are. Um, I think this is to me probably. Uh, I think Minnesota was a bigger one as well, but one of those road wins, I think this is one that will, if they win, be you know, a definition of this team and kind of where they're going to go um, as we're entering the back half of this Big Ten season and the rest of the season. Um, a win here in Madison with um, you know Wisconsin having pretty much you know a little less than a week to prep for it. It's going to be a really good game and I think a good win for Michigan State on the road if they go out and pull it out in Wisconsin. Yeah, well, you know I've got the Spartans winning because I said they weren't going to lose another game, and then the very next game they lost to the Hoosiers. Whatever. Um, I know this might be lazy analysis. I just think it literally all comes down to Michigan State coming ready to play because, like you said, Julian, Wisconsin has almost a week to prep for this game, and we saw that was the biggest problem against Purdue because Purdue just had you know a, a week of watching film on Cassius Winston, and what did they do? They shut down the whole Winston-Tillman uh, duo. So... Um, you're just going to have to come out ready. And again, you know, in the Big Ten, it's not going to matter if you win by a point or you win by 20. Get the win. It's on the road. It's a tough conference. Just leave Madison with a win. Wisconsin, 12-9 and overall, 5-5 and in the Big Ten. I mean, two-game losing streak against Purdue and Iowa, both very good teams. But the biggest thing here is they're 9-1 and at home. And I'm sure, like you said, it's going to be a stripe out. Student section is going to be going crazy, the fans. I mean, this could easily turn into another tough road win like Indiana and 100%. Purdue if they don't start off strong. So, I don't know. I feel a little indifferent. I I hope – I mean, Northwestern should be an easy win for them, but it could easily turn into another tough road win. We thought they'd be fine at Indiana. All three of us said, oh, this should be a, an easy win. You know, this is this is their revenge road win after a tough one at Purdue. This could easily turn into a another tough one. So they have to start out strong because that was clearly the, their mistake, and they can't let the other team just you know stay on Cassius and X and that whole duo and just eliminate that. They have to. I don't know. Michigan State just has to be prepared right from the get go. Yeah, they have to come out strong. And Wisconsin's going to be ready. Uh, again, we talk about how much time that they'll have. Um, to prepare nine and one at home is Wisconsin and Iowa. I it's a loss, but it's one of the tougher games. I, that was a tough, tough win for the Hawkeyes. It was back and forth for a lot of that, um, and so it'll be very interesting how that game will go at home. Uh, one thing I will say: Wisconsin put on a pretty good show, rebounding the basketball against Iowa, forty rebounds, forty six for Iowa in that one. I think that's going to be a, a point of emphasis. Um, as a team going in there is to rebound off the glass well and to push it, be physical. And in the Cole Center, I don't think there's a better environment if you're a Wisconsin Badger. That is a place where they take teams out, play bully ball, keep it slow, keep it tight, um, and they're able to pull out a lot of basketball games. So it'll be a very, very tough matchup, I believe, on Saturday um, for Michigan State. But two interesting matchups, Northwestern at home and then Wisconsin on the road for Michigan State, and that'll be uh, you know the rest of the week and the weekend for the Spartans. We'll be back on Tuesday with another episode uh, as we look forward after those two games to a home matchup against Penn State. Um, so we'll have more content for you, Trent, and I will both be there in Wisconsin. Um, Northwestern will have some stuff for you as well. Kind of have a, a motley crew. The three of us won't be there for Northwestern, um, but a motley crew uh, of Amanda Poole. Who else is going? Who else? Are we? Uh, Gia, Ian, Gilmore. Ian Gilmore. Ian Gilmore and Gianluca Luca Melanoni. 
Yeah. Maloney? Maloney. Maloney. Should know that. Super he is my <laughs> Wow. You know, after we talked about like our origins and everything, it's just kind of fun. No, that's a you fun know? name like to say. Gianluca <laughs> Natalie, what was your last name prior to Kerwin? Sherwinsky. Sherwinsky. Natalia Sherwinsky. Yeah, it sounds like it isn't that kind of It creepy? sounds like Russian. Yeah, kinda. It, it did kind of make that Russian. It does. But you are Polish, not Russian. True. Yep. Polish, German, pretty much those yeah. big two. Anyways, not sure if the people care about our heritage, but no. you know, whatever. <laughs> I, I, but this you is know, what we get into. This is what we, we do. The three of us go off on yeah. a tangent, and here we are. I I'm responsible for ninety percent of that. By the it's way, it's great though. <laughs> we love it, just, and I think people come in, they listen not just for the basketball, but for us. I think this is. I'd a, like to a, think a crew so. that is. We're a loving crew. Like I think yeah. we're we're pretty easy for we're people to like. So we're likeable. Loving. Yeah. Yes. I think my persona on here is a little different than my persona on the Motown Rundown because I'm just a slappy Lions fan on there, and I'm way too optimistic. And I can see how some people, you know, wouldn't like that very much. But on here, we have a good time. We have a good time. I'd say so. It's good. But that's all our college basketball. We'll do off Super Bowl picks because that is on Sunday. Yes. We have been recording for an hour and 11, but we're going to keep this going. You're getting our Super Bowl picks. We had a lot to go through. We we started out the show with a lot to talk about and then multiple games, you know. Stuff happens. Um, Super Bowl picks. I'm going to make Natalie start first. I'm All right, sorry. Natalie. I threw you under there, but you're our, you're our NFL expert. Oh, boy. I am taking the Niners. Taking the Niners in this one. What? Are you taking the Chiefs? I didn't expect no. that. Uh, really? You can go first. I'm agreeing with you, but you go first. Are you serious? Well, okay. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Continue. I'm feeling Continue. daggers across. What is it? What? Shavinsky? Stravinsky. Stravinsky, continue. Well, I think, I don't know. Both, obviously, very good quarterbacks. For the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, he's got a lot of weapons and Tyreek Hill, and uh, it's hard to say. 49, I don't know. I think Jimmy G has lived in Tom Brady's shadow for years, and this is his time to win a championship himself. Okay, I think I love George Kittle as a player. Who? How can you not love George Kittle? I I just think this team. I mean, both teams have just been hot all year, but I just have I don't know. I just have this gut feeling that the Niners are just going to dominate like they did the Packers. I mean, they dominated them the entire game, and I think they've just been on a roll. I don't know. In simple terms, that's just how I feel about it. I don't know. And who's um who's their running their running back that had. Four touchdowns. What's his last name again? Number, 30, number, number 31. 31. Yeah, I don't know his last name. Um, that's that how, guy that, who came out of nowhere, that's an I, interesting story itself. Oh my, he was cut it. from six it practice. It starts with an M. He was cut from six teams, been on multiple different practice squads, and then he just dominates in the game against the Packers. I forget his name, too. Yeah, no gonna, one knows I'm going to have it for you. Mostert. Mostert. There we go. Yes. I was th- Mozart, Mozart was like yeah, the name that Mostert. was coming Mostert. I knew like, it was an M. Yeah, 29 carries for 220 yards. And four touchdowns. Yes, that was insane. Yes, Out of I don't nowhere. know. I just think this team ha- has dominated. They've been on a roll, and I think they're just going to do it. All right, I concur. I don't know. Here's why. Um, I am a stupid emotional sports fan. I don't like cockiness. I think Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill are cocky. They're flying around here. We are crowning Patrick Mahomes before he's won anything. I understand he has an MVP award. He. Oh, <sighs> He was not even the he wasn't even a top three quarterback this season, statistically. If you go look, um, I'm not gonna look because we don't have time. Here's where <laughs> here's here's my thing. Here's where I here's where I err on the 49ers side. 
This team is going to keep the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands. They're going to run the ball down the down the Chiefs' throats. And I just don't see – I don't know. Jimmy Garoppolo is a perfect system quarterback, and I just think Kyle Shanahan's going to outcoach Andy Reid because Andy Reid un, – un, and I like Andy Reid, but unfortunately he just has a legacy of, you know, kind of getting outcoached in big games and not making the best decisions in big games and poor clock management, that kind of thing. Kyle Shanahan's not going to do any of that. I just see the 49ers winning it somehow. I don't know. I hope so. They're the underdogs, too. I'm rooting for them. And I like their defensive coordinator. He's a Michigan native. Yes. Robert Sala. Yep. That guy is jacked. And <laughs> <laughs> and I have to add that oh I just love Jimmy Garoppolo. I I have a big crush on him. But that that's right. not okay. that doesn't influence why I think they're going to win. But I just have to add that in there. I got 49ers. Wow. I'm going to say 34-27. 49ers. And yes, I think the Chiefs will only score 27 points. Maybe wow. that's me being stupid, but. Wow. Okay. One thing before I start. I love every time Trent starts to make his point and he go, and here's why. <laughs> it's my favorite thing. Let me thing. tell you why. My favorite thing yeah. in the world. Second thing, um, Mother Mitchell always told me to go be different. And so we're gonna be we're gonna be different today. Okay, all right. And I'm going with the Chiefs. This is absolutely. But are you a Chiefs fan? You're a Chiefs ridiculous. fan anyways, though, right? Because you said you're not a huge Rams guy. No, I'm not I on mean, the Rams. I hope the Rams just decide that they actually didn't want a football team in L.A. anymore and Stan Kroenke loses all his money. Um, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Okay. Um, so I, I will say, you know, I have some – I like the Chiefs. They're not bad. I don't, I'm don't. i not strapping up in, you know, a jersey or anything like that, but I'll root for them. For one – it's something about pretty boys. Maybe it's because I'm an ugly guy that I don't like pretty boys. Oh my gosh! Stop. But Jimmy G, I just I can't do it. I also he, he dude, threw. We're he's looking at stats. Beautiful. He threw he threw six passes. Yeah, six passes. That's all they need the him to throw. Because they got lucky. Because the running back decided to have a great they day. They got lucky. Let, let force Jimmy G to throw a football. All right. He hasn't looked great. Last Let's two see games. if the Chiefs' defense can stop Mostert. We'll Last see. two games. Hey. Slow down Derrick Henry. Well, King Henry. Right, okay, King Henry yeah. didn't have himself a great day, and what did they do? They made Tannehill throw the ball, yep. and that's what they're going to do to the Niners. Jimmy G's going to have to throw the ball. He's looked shaky in the last – he threw six in the last game, looked shaky in the game before that. They make him throw the ball. Mahomes is on a roll, looking like the best quarterback as of right now. He puts on a show. I think it's still going to be a close game, but the Chiefs are going to put up points. The Niners are going to have to combat that. It's the best quarterback or is the best defense. Look at just look at this man. Come look at all that right, man. All right. I Natalie, can't I can't wait to see that man's face when he throws two interceptions in the Super Bowl. He might. He I might. can't wait to see it. Natalie is pulling up pictures of Jimmy Garoppolo on Google Images and sliding through them. Look at that smile. With her keyboard. Wow. I, you really he's my look he's 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 good looking he's I, my I feel crush. like there's better looking guys he's my crush i've asked guys this i'm like from a dude to a dude is this a good looking man and everyone says oh yeah for sure yeah i think he is he's, but he's, I just, he's a good looking man but like there's some better looking guys out there lebron james okay all right i had to i'm sorry he's balding and needs to cut it off it's, it's at this point but it's the just... beard in his his arms. I don't know how I feel about the beard. Because the beard like isn't like a whole full thing. No. It's really like the two sides yeah. are just coming out. Yep. And to me, it just always looks weird. I like it. Like LeBron? Yeah. Yes. We're going way off the track. Way here. off the track. Uh, but I'm going with the Chiefs. So Okay, okay, you know, okay. Chiefs, you got to score? You got to score? 
I did not have a score. That's okay. You don't. What have did you a, have? You, you had thirty-four twenty-seven. Thirty-four twenty-seven. I'm going with the complete outside the box prediction. I think the 49ers win like a mediocre scoring game against the most high octane offense let's, maybe ever. Let's. Mm, I don't know about a perfect score. Let me get twenty-seven. Okay. Twenty-seven Chiefs, and then. What do we want to go with? So we both have the Chiefs with 27. 27. I'll go with the Chiefs with 27 because right. I do think the Niners' defense stands tall. Okay, yes. Richard Sherman. Uh, yeah, we'll give Richard Sherman. And we'll say, you know what? Not right, but for Kobe as well, we'll give it 24 for the Niners. Okay. For 27, 24. Do you have a score, Natalie? For Kobe. Um, I don't know. I think maybe Niners by three, 34, 31. That's a good pick. That is a, That's a good I, pick because it like probably that. will come down to a field goal. I just like being different. I like being a weirdo. Yeah, no, I know. I... Okay. And with that. And with that, we have arrived at the end. If you stayed around long enough for our Super Bowl picks, I'm glad you came along with us for the ride. Lord bless you. We applaud you. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we went off the rails, got back on the rails, decided that there were no rails and kept going anyway. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> we have made it to the end of the show. Um, it was, what is this, episode six? I shut my computer. But episode six of Impact is on. Um, that'll be it for us. We'll be back on Tuesday following games against Northwestern and Wisconsin again. Uh, make sure you're keeping a lot to the Twitter at WDBM Sports um, for content. Northwestern again, we'll have people there. And then on uh, Saturday, Wisconsin, Trent and I will both be there. So follow us on Twitter at TBAL91. Let's go. No spaces, no caps. 91, no spaces, no caps. Follow me at J underscore Mitchell 25. And then it's at Natalie Kerwin one because she's number yes, one. Let's exactly. go. There we go. <laughs> you got them all. Call and then Jay underscore Mitchell twenty four. Yes. Twenty five. Twenty five. Ooh, that was bad. Birthday, which is June twenty. That was Kobe good. stuff still in my mind. That is good though. No, I got it. I yeah, like it. All right. I like it. Natalie, as always, is what is going to be always now. Please end the show with your favorite line. But I do ask this time: Can you do it in a Polish accent? Ooh. Hold on, wow. there's a lot of pressure. You got this. Can she do it? Can she do it? We're at an hour 20. People are people are waiting. You this got might this. turn out real bad. I well, that's the last you. thing they're going to hear. I, this so. is the last thing. I'm I'm saying nothing anymore. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> tick, tick. Tick, tick. Time's ticking. Where's the Jeopardy theme song? Okay. Thank you and good night. <laughs>